0: Hello, I'm Yvette Mayer and this is the Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm a corporate dropout with a 30-year background in marketing and advertising, who, after a breast cancer-style wake-up call, realized I felt stuck and drained and longed to feel lit up and liberated. Forward to today, and I am living that reality. I'm an online intuitive business coach with a multi-six-figure business, living as a digital nomad, and supporting my clients, my students, and you to grow online businesses that are profitable, scalable, and impact-driven. If you're ready to feel lit up and liberated as you claim your place as a digital CEO, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back or welcome if you're new to the Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur podcast. Very, very excited to have you here and I have something that, wow, is incredibly fun for me to talk about. It's much more, well, more of a blend of my personal and business life and what the topic of the day is going to cover is my adventures and journey as a digital nomad. So if you've been following along, you will know that earlier this year, I want to say in February, in fact, I shared that I had basically pulled a tarot card that asked me what my soul was calling me to do and I very quickly made the decision to become a digital nomad and I'm talking about three weeks before moving out of my home and so therefore yes it was an impulsive decision but I would say this I've been lusting after this sort of lifestyle, I want to say, my whole adult life. I am a massive wanderluster at heart. I've travelled extensively and have always found it to be some of the most joyful, uplifting, heart-expanding days, weeks, months of my life. And at this point, even though I wasn't like literally sitting down thinking, okay, this is the year I'm going to go on that kind of adventure, I think there was a part of me that was always in the background doing the engine work on, is this viable? Is this something we can do? Can I, will I, when I? Even it wasn't in my conscious mind. I'm talking about it happening at the subconscious level. Uh, And I say that because you don't really decide to pack up your life and your home and become a digital nomad and make that happen in three weeks from idea to execution. Or if you do, which I did, it's because it's been something that you have had a desire for and maybe at a subconscious level already been gearing yourself up for. And even when I think about how my business has evolved over the last two and a half years, I've absolutely geared my business to enable this kind of living, right? So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is if this is possible for you, or if you're considering this, I know that you may be giving yourself reasons why it's not possible. And I want to kind of dispel some of those myths, okay? Because I know that we can get in our own way when there's something that we really desperately want that is scary. And yes, packing up your life and becoming a digital nomad, it's a little bit scary. It's a massive change. It's a massive change. And so we have a tendency as as humans with a massive change to think of all of the reasons why it's not possible and actually hang out there rather than focus on creation and creating what is possible. So some of the things that came up for me and I think may come up for you that six months in it's been six months now, I can challenge you. you on is okay so firstly, my business will shrink if I'm on the road like i'm I'm concerned that people see need to see me in person, and maybe that's a big part of your business right now. I totally get it, and look this is a pivot that was made in my business and I'm talking about moving to online well in advance of becoming a digital nomad so I didn't necessarily come go through this as a challenge in the 3 weeks between decision and packing up but a year prior I definitely wasn't in a situation where I could Become a digital nomad. In fact, my business was more focused, well, partly focused on in person corporate well being solutions, strategies, workshops, things like that. And I was actively pitching that part of my business as well as coaching. However, what happened for me is that a little thing called the pandemic came along and all of that corporate type of work dried up, which in the short term was stressful because I had many, many, many thousands of dollars already confirmed and committed that went away like that. That being said, in the same moment, it gave me the push to shut down or uh, energetically shut down that part of my business and invest myself into growing my coaching business with all my heart and soul, which honestly is where my passion is. And that I deliver entirely online. I did do a little bit of one-on-one in person back in the day, back in the pre-COVID day. But in today's landscape, being through the last 18 months, nobody's doing coaching in person or it's very rare. And at this point, I think as a, as a global community, we've transitioned into a deep expectation that this kind of business is very location independent, let's call it. So yes, I could have worried about my business shrinking because I wasn't available locally. It didn't really come up for me. And I think the the myth to bust is that you can set your business up in a way so that people expect you to deliver it online. That's if you offer a service, of course, uh, not if you have a, a shop front. Like I am talking about service-based businesses uh, and coaches, healers, things like that. Uh, it's very, very doable to transition online in that instance. Okay, the next myth that was my biggest fear is that Because there would be so much fun to be had around me that I wouldn't be as productive or as committed. In fact, I was very concerned that by living this nomadic lifestyle, I'd drop the ball. I'd drop the ball and I'd shoot myself in the foot, so to speak. That has not happened whatsoever. And I'm sure you have been witness to the fact that my business has thrived whilst I've been on the road. Uh, and personally, I have not struggled with that at all. So it was an unfounded fear. Like it was literally something that was on my mind as a challenge. And as I've, you know, moved through these six months, I haven't experienced that at all, at all. Uh, I do have a very flexible calendar uh, in the way that I set up my work week. So that I know that Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I want to be at my desk and I want to be on, accessible, uber productive, but I've also set up my Mondays and Fridays to be much more flexible. And that means some weeks I don't work at all on Mondays and Fridays. Some weeks I am, you know, on for a couple of hours in the morning and that's it. Other weeks... Mondays and Fridays, I am in the middle of a launch, for example, and I, you know, I do quite a few hours. I wouldn't say I do eight, but I do quite a few hours. And because I know this about my calendar, I know that I just have those three days where I need to put my head down and my bum up, motor, and I love my work because I don't have any challenge around that. Like I literally love what I'm doing and I also have this enormous gratitude for the flexibility and the freedom that it affords me, I'm all in. There's no issue. There's no issue. So that, if you're like me at least, won't be a problem. The next one is the cost of doing this and the fear that I just can't afford to do to do what you've done, Yvette. Like I literally could not make that work for me. And look, look we all have not only our money, own money situations, but we all also all have our own beliefs and mindset when it comes to money. So I can't tell you what to think or how to feel about money. All I can tell you is from my experience, taking my business on the road has not cost me more than if I'd been doing this in my own house outside of when I've chosen that to be so. And here's what I mean by that. I've rented out my house on Airbnb. So I'm actually ahead in terms of the money that is flowing into my bank account versus when I was paying a mortgage and didn't have an Airbnb property. Now, here's where the money goes out though. Of course, I'm now paying for accommodation and I am almost exclusively living in houses That are two and three bedrooms, Airbnb, and I have to look for dog friendly properties. So if I wasn't, I know for sure that I could have done this on a budget and stuck within my means. And what I mean by that is if I said, okay, the money that I'm getting in from my own Airbnb is my limit in terms of what I'm willing to invest into my own accommodation. I could have made that work. Where I've run into challenges is I must have p- pet friendly because I'm travelling with my dog and that shrinks the available inventory, the market, for Airbnb properties down to about 20%. That's that's the proportion that are pet friendly. So that has made it more expensive. The other thing that's made it more expensive is, and it's kind of Chilly Sparkles related, is I also feel way more comfortable when I am not living on top of somebody else. So in a studio or in any accommodation where we share a wall, because Chili darling is not at all used to living on top of other people and she barks. And then when she barks, because she hears noise, I get, you know, I, I start stressing. I'm like suddenly like, oh, She's making noise. I'm not comfortable. And so, because of that, I have chosen to almost exclusively live in bigger properties that are freestanding where I don't have to worry about that. And yes, they can be a little bit more expensive. So, I have spent more on my accommodation than the rent that has come in through my Airbnb property, but not by a huge amount, like maybe a thousand dollars a month. So, If you want to look at the cost of living in Airbnbs, I have averaged, and I am a one-person family, one-plus-dog, for two- to three-bedroom properties, I've averaged $1,000 a week. Not not bad, right? Properties are generally more cost-effective outside of Sydney. And the other thing that's been quite cool is because I've been limited by needing pet-friendly, I've stayed in really random, really random places, and it's always worked out to be part of the fun and part of the adventure. And I'm talking about a van, that was a fun van, like a parked van in a huge uh, campground where it's a, it was called a Bedford bus, which is quite, quite a, a big van and like 50 years old, high ceiling i really enjoyed it the only challenge on that particular leg of the journey was the wi-fi wasn't great but i really enjoyed that van uh i have stayed in a random tiny suburb a half an hour north of port douglas because there just wasn't any accommodation right in port douglas And that meant that I was close to the Daintree River and I got to do things like go crocodile hunting, or at least on a river tour, looking for crocodiles. So I've actually enjoyed that part. Uh, Most of the time, our accommodation has been not right in the centre of town, a little bit left of centre, so to speak. But I have a car, I don't drink, so I am entirely able to Get around in the car, no dramas at all. I don't mind being fifteen minutes out of the centre. Or right now, I'm thirty minutes away from Noosa, which uh, is the closest place that I can go to the beach, uh, and lots of restaurant options, things like that. And it's great. Like I, I'm on a farm right now, that is on fifty acres. I'm in a place called Ridgewood, which is out the back of Monday on the Sunshine Coast. I two to three days a week I don't leave the property like I I do a morning walk up a very steep hill for half an hour and back and then I'm you know hanging out around the farmhouse it's big Queenslander and it's and it's amazing then on those other few days of the week like the Mondays Fridays Saturdays, Sundays I am more out and about enjoying the sights and sounds so that's worked out really well but I wanted to bring it back to is it expensive no, you can make it work. And, yes, you can look at a van. You can do the van life thing. I've considered that and I'm not against it, but it doesn't look to me to be more cost effective outside of if you have savings and you buy it outright. But even then you're still going to have to pay for many of your nights in, uh, in caravan parks and they, I think they're $100 a night. So, look. Uh, Airbnbs have worked really well for me. Uh, Okay. Another thing that I was concerned about was that what's the point if I'm working all the time in actually being on the road? That has not transpired uh, because, like I said, as my business has developed and grown, I've migrated it more and more into more profitable and scalable assets, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. And I've shifted the framework of my working days. And I absolutely love that I have, you know, at least two, but possibly four days a week where I'm out and absolutely enjoying the location that we're in and taking advantage of all the cool experiences on offer. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will have experienced this. It's like one week I'm diving on the Great Barrier Reef. The next it's, like I said, crocodile tour or I'm on a paddleboard out the back in far north Queensland beyond Cairns. There's been whale swimming. There has been a, oh, my goodness, the 70-kilometre jet ski ride. That was intense. The Fraser Island, I mean, I know. Let me not just go on and on and on with how amazing this is because you can go over to my Instagram at any time and experience what is actually possible and what you can experience. And I wanted to bring this back to why you're here, which is should, could you possibly do this? Uh, COVID, COVID's a real issue, right? Uh, I had no idea. Uh, back in March when the decision was made and we literally moved out of home what was going to happen in terms of massive flare this year and look I don't know I don't know if I can call it lucky but we were already in Queensland when that happened and have been so protected from the front line of the impact Uh, in fact I put a mask on for the first time last week, like when we got back to the Sunshine Coast, that was the first time I didn't even own a mask. Like we have been super fortunate in that way. But I I do believe that it is possible within your own country to do the nomad thing right now. And as we get into 2022, more and more of the world is going to open up. So at this point, It's time to start planning it, if not doing it. I mean, myself, I always thought that when the time came to live as a digital nomad, it would be a global thing that I'd be living in Bali and the Hamptons. Yes, I've got it all mapped out. And in fact, I still think that's going to happen. And if anything, when we were, you know, moving through the early part of this year, I started to appreciate that because of the pandemic. That did not mean that I couldn't become a digital nomad. All it meant was that I needed to rethink where. And I rethought that to my own country. And that's been so phenomenal because I've explored so much more of what's in my own backyard than I ever have before. I have also loved this style of travel where we generally stay in one location for a full month. So I'm getting a really deep understanding uh, of how different places uh, in my own home, in my own backyard, I mean, Australia-wise, how they feel, how the people are, how friendly they are, what the services are like, how how much there is to do. I've, I've really appreciated that that's been awesome and the uh, the other thing that I'll call out I don't have kids so that's obviously um, not a personal challenge but I know that most of you listening do have kids and for sure it's the number one reason that you're like yeah it's all very well for you Yvette but you don't have kids true true I don't have that responsibility of not just kids because kids can easily travel but wanting them to be in their education, not off travelling. That's a personal thing, though. Like for me, as a breast cancer survivor, I am fully aware that life is short, that we don't know what our future is going to bring, and if you feel excited and passionate about giving your family this experience, no matter what age your children are, I say do it, do it, Figure it out. It's possible. I've got a really close friend. She's been on this podcast, actually, Emma Dunwoody. Uh, you can find her on Instagram as the Human Design Coach, or I think under Emma Dunwoody. I'll link it in the show notes. Her and her boys, who were both in their teens, and her hubby, they left Sydney just before I did, and they've now they we were pacing with each other up the North Coast all the way up till Port Douglas, but then they headed across country and they have been through the Northern Territory and now they're in WA. Uh, Those kids are being homeschooled, so to speak, and they are freaking loving it, loving it. Look, life is too short to let, I was going to say, a little thing like school. I know it's not a little thing, but there are ways to make it work. And if you're excited, passionate, you can see the incredible benefits of giving your kids this experience, this time together, this ability to connect and share memories of a lifetime. Do it, do it, do it, do it. All right, so those were some of the things that you, that might have you questioning whether it's a reality for you. Now I want to move into some of the things that make this possible for you. And these are things that you can start navigating towards or, you know, sort of setting yourself up for this type of life in the future as much as anything. So the first one is, and it's so obvious, but Wi-Fi makes this possible. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Now, I knew this. However, I have learned along the way that it's not just Wi-Fi you want. You want fast, reliable, consistent Wi-Fi, and that's not always possible. Uh, I know if you were doing the van life thing, I don't even know if you can figure that out. I, staying in Airbnbs, you can figure it out. The only times when I've struggled has more been, I think, a disconnect around what the host of the house believes is reliable internet and what I really need. And it's taken me time to appreciate that I need to be very clear that I work online, that I use a huge amount of bandwidth. I rely on things like Zoom, video streaming, uploading, downloading at speed and having access so that the people that are investing in my support can rely on me. So I've had some challenges along the way. I've tried to circumnavigate those challenges with things like, you know, do I need a dongle, you know, like Wi-Fi router? What I've experienced is Anywhere where I've, I've had less reliable internet, I've also had very little phone reception, which leads me to my next point. Uh, I have Vodafone. This is no slight against Vodafone, but in Australia, it's a weaker player in the market. And if I had started this, if I started this all over again, I would have changed phone providers. I would be travelling with probably Telstra, knowing that they do have broader coverage. Because if you can get onto 4G, you can generally make your business work. And so there have been times when I have hotspotted from my car by driving to somebody where there's good 4G reception for Vodafone. And it's possible that I wouldn't have needed to do that if I'd been with a different Telco. So that's one thing that I would say is worth considering, like making sure that your phone provider has the best coverage before you set off. Uh, Other than that, clear communication with your host slash where you're staying. There's always a backup plan though. So I have, this is one area that I have had to have a backup plan on many occasions. And it has generally involved me driving and hotspotting, which has worked out. There, It's not like it's not disrupted me terribly. I've also had one experience where I ended up getting a hotel room. That was when I was in the van, actually, a hotel room for just a couple of nights so that I could feel calm and confident with access versus will it work won't it work oh my god oh my god so there's that next I would say to you is taking a business on your travel does require of you to really love that business so when I talked about things like will I be productive and committed the reason that's easy for me is because i am obsessed with my business i am so excited to support my clients and customers and i think that that is worth calling out that you do want to be in an in a work situation where You won't struggle to get motivated or to become productive or be committed to continually servicing your business because you really want to do it. I think purpose and passion are hugely important. If you intend to grow your business as you travel, if you want both, then I'm going to call passion and purpose incredibly important. The other thing I would say that I have found more and more over time is it is possible for your nomad life to become part of your brand. And I think that people really enjoy living a little bit vicariously through me. And especially, I mean, I know there's different schools of people. There's probably people who are like, I don't want to follow her anymore because she's having so much fun and we're. In lockdown that's very fair but I know there's more people that really love that window into the world and find it inspiring and gives them sort of sort of hope and goals for the future and ideas of, of how they want to change things in their own life and, and that may be shifting from a job into their own business to make this possible, or it might be shifting their own business in a way that they can become location independent. And I would say that that is my next point. Like for me, to be able to both live as a digital nomad and grow my business, it's been made possible because I've optimised my business toward digital products. I have really shifted from I think last year 70% of my revenue came from one-on-one coaching and today just one year later it's flipped to more like 20% not even 30% and the rest is in group which means those assets are more scalable they're also more profitable And because there's a lot of pre-recorded training that is part of those experiences, especially uh, things like the Momentum Mastermind and Digital Product Academy, I've created the work and now I support it as a complement versus constantly being in a cycle of being paid uh, trading dollars for hours. There's a place for both and I certainly I I really love working one-on-one and I do a lot of one-on-one as part of my masterminds and I have two masterminds, but there's definitely more freedom and more flexibility in a business model that has a, a strong proportion invested into digital products as part of the business model. And I have noticed this a lot since I've been on the road that... Most people that are digital nomads have a large uh, a large proportion of their business is in digital products, and just like my friend Emma, who I just spoke about, she is a human design and behavioural coach, and her primary products are her mastermind her membership. I think they're the two key things, and then she does some one on one as well, but. Like me, she's largely transitioned into more group and scalable content-led programs. So those are the things that I would say make it really accessible and possible. Wi-Fi, purpose and passion, like knowing that you are excited about both your business and being a digital nomad, making it part of your brand opportunity space, shifting more of your business into digital products and virtual, obviously. And finally, is being super grateful. It's not worth it to you to go on this kind of adventure and focus your time on the parts of it that have potentially been challenging or uncomfortable because they happen. Be so grateful. I am so grateful and appreciative that my business has given me this permission to be so free in how I live my life. It's absolutely game-changing. I dreamed of this. I absolutely dreamed of this kind of lifestyle where I'm moving around, having that incredible joy of new experience, new sights, new sounds, new smells, making friends in all parts of so far the country, but hopefully the world it's the stuff that memories are made of. It's what life's about. And I know I've already said this, but life is too short to sit and wonder about doing this one day. Make it happen. I'm here supporting you. I will cheer you along every step. Send me a DM anytime if you want to chat about my experience as a digital nomad. Ask a few questions over on Instagram. Uh, I'm always jumping in there. Love hanging out in the DM. And thank you for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed this. I am going to clock off now. It is 5.20 p.m. in Sydney, not here where I am, Uh, but it's funny because my computer says 5.18 and I'm like, well, I, I, I really need to finish up for the day. So that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do because I get to choose. I will be back in your ears soon. Have a good one. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur podcast. I truly appreciate you being here. And if you appreciate me, why not jump on into iTunes and leave me a review? Five-star would be nice. Share it on social media. I can't wait to get to know you. Jump into my DM on the gram anytime at Yvette Mayer underscore. Other than that, there's a boatload of info in the show notes. I can't wait to be back in your ears soon. Bye for now.